Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Imagine Me and You? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. So how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah? How was yeah. Your, your friends last night? It was pretty fun. So they asked me over because they wanted to show me the movie Nobody starring Bob Odenkirk. Because uh, Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, I watched Breaking Bad with them because it was my old roommate, Lindsay. She was my roommate like... 11 years ago um right. and her husband who at the time when we were living together was just her boyfriend and we've watched breaking bad together and we've watched better call saul together so they really wanted to show me the movie nobody uh because we all love bob odenkirk and so i said obviously i wanted to see it so it was really good it was super fun really well made bob odenkirk is an interesting action star because he's not like the embodiment of an action star but he held his own and he did a really good job being like an average joe who has like a dark secret and set of skills right that was really fun no i i could i could see bob odenkirk doing that i, I believe it you know yeah, yeah he's awesome i he's like he's he's one of those guys who i think i'd like to have at like my imaginary dinner table you know like who would you what three people yeah. would you like Like, i would consider him he would he's in the running you know and uh i really like him right. and so the movie was really fun and then when it ended they said that it was written by the same guy who wrote john the john wick trilogy the first three john wick movies and so they were like do you want to watch john wick and i said yeah i'm game let's watch john wick because i'd never seen it before and then they're like so similar the two movies back to back are, are they? like they're like they're almost as if the, they're the same movie just with slight differences but that being said john wick i really liked john wick and watching them back to back john wick is the stronger of the two but that does not mean that nobody is not worth seeing like they're both even though they're super similar they're both definitely worth watching and they warned me ahead of time about the dog dying in John Wick, but I already knew that that yeah. was going to happen because, I mean, that like word on that gets around, you know? Well, it didn't, it's not like violent or anything. It's just, it's just sad, you know? Yeah, it's not like, gross. I think it's kind yeah. of violent. Like they shoot the dog and you hear the dog and that made me really sad because you hear the dog cry out and then you see oh, the dogs in a couple years <laughs> you see the dog's like body and it's really and i looked away for a lot of it but then the movie is so fun and so like colorful and so ridiculous and i remember thinking in the middle of it like this is a strong movie that can come back from killing a puppy you know and uh yeah. it's just really fun it's bombastic and like a trope i guess you'd say that i really like is a suburban man who is secretly like the scariest most trained killer you've ever seen and he's just living a normal yeah. life until something happens and then you're like you don't want to cross paths with him like there is this line in john wick that i really liked and the the father the Russian mobster father is talking to his son who killed the dog and stole John Wick's car. He says to his son, like, 
we call him Baba Yaga. And the son goes, what, the boogeyman? And, he, and the dad goes, no, John Wick is the person you call to kill the boogeyman. And I thought that that was a really cool line. <laughs> It's yeah, just yeah. like the movies are ridiculous, but in the best way. And I really love like hidden arsenals of like gold and guns. Like I think that's really fun, you know. And and Me it's too. uh they're just they're I bombastic. Love the trope and- of like I love the trope of like a spy opening up his little kit and there's like a dozen different like passports yes. of like different names. Like I love that. Like I'm like, yes. <laughs> I totally agree. It's so it's so ridiculous and so far removed from anything we've ever experienced. It's just fun to watch, you know. And uh, yeah, he got yeah. revenge for the dog. I said after the dog died, I said the only thing that's going to bring this back is that I know all these people are going to get their comeuppance for messing with John Wick. And yeah. uh, I, it's it's fun. I recommend it. I recommend nobody. Strongly recommend nobody, and strongly recommend John Wick to. It's an interesting marathon, a very violent marathon, but definitely fun. I I really like John Wick too, and the one of the things I like about it is that there's like a whole underlying like government of like assassins with their own laws and rules and like and I thought that that was really clever. I was like I've never seen anything like that in a movie before, and I I really liked that there was like there was like, you got to go by the rules of the assassin or like, you can't be part of this anymore. And I was like, interesting. Okay. I'm digging it. I'm into it. So yeah, yeah, I, I also would recommend John Wick. I like, I went into it thinking that I was going to like it because I like Keanu Reeves anyway. And I like action films, but I loved that movie and it was like, it it was just, it was so good, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Very fun, very entertaining. Get some snacks, turn all the lights off, and just go on the ride. And I say that about nobody as well, like both of them, you know. Uh just it's just yeah. a ride. Like you know you're not getting like Schindler's list. So just you right. know, throw your preconceived notions out the window and just have fun. And it's not like a fast and furious movie. Yesterday, Phil, Lindsay's husband, said something like we're talking about how ridiculous and over the top the movies are, but in a fun and an awesome way. And he said, yeah, no one's like going to space or anything. And I said, oh, like F9, because the new Fast and Furious movie, apparently they retrofit a car to go into outer space, which is like too far. You know, believe it or not, the John Wick movies and nobody keep it within the realm of possibility. Oh, and nobody uh, stars a very old Christopher Lloyd in a really fun role. So it's also, you know, good. Oh, I like Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, his role is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Where'd you guys watch it? Do they own the DVD or did they they stream it someplace? We they do own the uh, I believe they own the Blu-ray and we watched it at their house. On that, yeah, I think it is streaming. I believe on Amazon Prime because when I was watching the movie for this week, when I was watching Imagine Me and You, it was listed in on the front page of Amazon oh, the interface I so it. I think you can probably stream it for it probably costs money but oh it's probably a red box I bet you oh for sure yeah, yeah I, I, bet always it for- is. I always forget that red Me box too. is a thing like yeah. I'm like oh yeah and I think it's just because 
it's like it's so cheap but then i have to like go and i have to return it on time or else i'm gonna get charged double <laughs> that's something yeah people. no that's something that i really dislike about red boxes you have such a small window and then it like you get charged after that window and i was like give me a week at least you know, I know. but I I, know. they obviously if they gave everybody a week then the red boxes would be empty so i think that's like their means of keeping the movies circulating but yeah i bought jumanji a red box mm. the new one not the old one i don't the old one terrified me and i will never watch it again <laughs> i've never seen i haven't seen any of them so <clears throat> the new one's really funny i if i think if you're a huge fan of the old one you might not like the new one but it's not like it's not it's not a remake or anything it's more like a continuation so yeah and it's it references the original as well oh okay so, which i like but yeah. yeah it's it's like a it's kind of like jumanji for like a new age whereas like the old one is based on a um board game the new one's a video game oh, okay cool yeah yeah so anyway we have a mini topic ish kind of um I just recently watched a bunch of new movies that I've never seen. Um, well, kind of. <laughs> there was like two of them that I've never, well, three of them. So um, I guess I will talk about the 365 DNI because now I feel like it's happening. <laughs> okay. So I watched 365 DNI or 365 Days. It's the Polish Fifty Shades of Grey. And it is probably one of the worst movies I have ever seen. It's, and I'm not going to get into it because it, it was honestly like really upsetting. So I'm just going to put like a PSA out there or like a whatever, you know, like trigger warning. But this movie is romanticizes and glamorizes rape. And the lead actor is not the lead actor. Sorry, excuse me, the lead character. But I question the lead actor for taking this role because, wow, dude, what is wrong with you? Um, the lead character is just a full-on rapist and there is nothing redeemable about his character at all so if you are planning on watching this just know that there within the first 15 minutes there's a very graphic scene where he basically makes a woman give him oral sex and it's pretty awful and it's it, like the movie was kind of traumatizing honestly so i'm just again not going to get into it you can look it up all you want but it is I've seen Fifty Shades of Grey, or I've seen part of it anyway, and then I turned it off because it got kind of just, I just got kind of bored. But that movie is like a fuck, like a fucking Disney film compared to 365 Days. So <laughs> yeah, just, just a warning. And, and that's it. That's all I'm going to say on it. <laughs> but I feel very passionate. That's all I've got to film. say about that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what about you? Did you watch anything new or interesting you want to talk about other than nobody and you know john wick i didn't watch anything new but after uh watching imagine me and you i did rent independence day which i've oh, seen you? so many times but i had time off i took time off from work and i was like because when i was trying to find imagine me and you on amazon i typed in i n for november instead of i m for mary Mm -hmm. And Independence Day came up in the options and I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't watched that movie in so long. So 
after Imagine Me and You, I actually like fought the feeling for a few hours and I was like, Samantha, you don't need to spend four dollars on Independence Day. You've you've seen it so many times, so many times. You don't need to do it. And so I like did all my little household chores and thought, right. well, I can relax for a little while. And then I turned on Hulu and I like scrolled through Hulu and there was nothing. And I scrolled through Disney Plus and I was, I actually did watch the movie Isle of Dogs in like, like 15 minute increments over the course of like a month. <laughs> and okay. it's okay. It's, um, it's cute, but it's weird in a, in weird in like a, I generally don't like calling movies weird with little con like little to no context, but I struggled with who the intended audience was supposed to be because there are things in the in Isle of Dogs that would have traumatized me as a kid and still like disturbed me as an adult that I really oh. didn't like. But it was really clever. Like it's it's classic Wes Anderson humor and the animation is pretty beautiful, but very weird. Like there's the scene where a character is preparing sushi and it's like kind of disgusting but I can't deny that the animation is well done so it's it's a very like I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel about the movie as an adult if it was meant for me or if it was meant for children and that was a weird uh juxtaposition to be watching it and it was clever like I said but nothing to write home about I think if you're interested in Wes Anderson animation then fantastic mr fox is a much 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 better choice but so i watched like the last 12 minutes of isle of dogs so i could finally finish it and then i was like this is crazy i'm dancing around it it's independence day time so i just rented independence day and i watched it for like about an hour because i was going to mike's house when he got out of work and so i watched it and then uh the next day I finished it and it was just fun. Like it's a fun movie. Right. Yeah. I feel like um, lately I just want to watch a bunch of like young Bill Pullman movies for some reason. Like I'm just <laughs> like, like I was, well, I was stomping around my apartment thinking about um, Sleepless in Seattle after I watched Imagine Me and You and you could probably see the correlation as to why I was thinking about that. Well, that's funny <laughs> because I told Mike that Imagine Me and You was Sleepless in Seattle. So that's really interesting that you say that. Yeah, it is. It is. A, I mean, there's definitely like a correlation. They're obviously not the same movie, but like, yeah, for sure. Like 100%. I agree with you, obviously, because we thought the same thing. So mm -hmm. um, I was like stomping around the apartment and I was like, I was like, who breaks up with Bill Pullman, the precious, most darling angel in the world? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's that's fun. The Isle of Dogs. I don't. I think I saw the trailer for that, and I was like, "No, this isn't my thing." Um, so, you know, but that's cool. I'm glad you finally I just, finished it after a month. Yeah, I'm just. I'm a fan of Wes Anderson, so I feel like there's always a nugget of worth in his movies, even the ones like I'm not a huge fan of Grand Budapest Hotel, but there is like maybe a couple things that I think are funny that I can pull out of it. It's not a movie that I want to watch forever because right. I just, it's not my thing, but I love Wes Anderson and I love his style to a certain extent, you know, and I think it works really well with animation because his style has become sort of this like caricature of Wes Anderson. And I think that that works better with animation than when real life 
Yeah, sometimes. no, I can I can understand what you mean. Yeah, like, so and I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. I love it, love it, love it. So I feel like Tim Burton's kind of the same. Like I, as his movies have, you know, like his newer or his older movies are a lot better than his newer ones. But then when he does like animated stuff, like he did Corpse Bride, I absolutely loved Corpse Bride. But his other stuff, I was like, I really don't care about this. So I, yeah, I think it's kind of like the same idea where. I'm like, I'm like, hey, Tim, what's up, buddy? You ever think about maybe doing more animation? <laughs> you know, because Corpse Bride was, you know, so. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how I think I agree with you, how like their style lens is starting to like curve more into like, this is really good for animation. But I don't know if I'd say, I don't know if I would recommend Isle of Dogs. I think if you're a big fan, watch it just so you can say you've seen all of his movies, but it's not something I would seek out. Like I said, it, there's some weird stuff in it that I thought was kind of disturbing, but. Yeah, I, yeah. after, after you said disturbing and anything like disturbing that like is with animals, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I've, I, did just to concede a little bit uh the first like 15 minutes of the movie made me cry and that's and i wasn't crying because i'm like this is such a good movie i was crying because it was like traumatic <laughs> like oh no and i don't like i'm not that emotional in most movies especially a movie like this like that's it's it was very unusual for me but i couldn't it was such like such a weird thing to have in the movie of a dog dying and it like really affected me and so I stopped watching it for a while and that's why I watched it in little bits you know right so, right no yeah. I get it I I understand I understand um so speaking of um animals being hurt in, in films I'm going oh. to just segue right into my yeah. next film which is Goodnight Mommy so <clears throat> it's an Austrian film but it's in German and it is about these two twin boys who like so I was kind of waiting for a twist ending, but they pretty much tell you the twist like within the first 10 minutes. So like immediately, and this isn't like a spoiler, but immediately you're, immediately you're like, one of the twin boys is dead. Like, you know, like you're just oh. like, I'm sure of it. I'm positive of it. And it's more a psychological film, but holy shit, that movie was fucking tense. Like the entire film... I don't think I could relax at any moment because it was like, it was a little bit of body horror too. Like these boys, so they're twin boys and they live in this really like beautiful, like isolated part of um, Austria, I'm assuming. And um, their mother gets a, um, a facelift or she gets like, like uh, worked on, you know, like plastic surgery done. And they are just like absolutely convinced because like the little like you like it looks like they're both alive, but you can tell that one of the boys has died and the other one is just talking to his brother because he misses him, you know. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> these two boys, and I'm just gonna call them the two boys because they are convinced that their mother is not their mother, and so they're like, they end up tying her up and like torturing her. And it's, they're probably eight years old, eight or nine years old, maybe. Oh my 10. gosh. Yeah, they're young boys. And it's like, and there's a, 
there's a scene with a cat where I was like, I even like Googled it. I was like, does the, you know, like the, does the dog die? But they also have like, does the cat die? So it's like, does the dog die.com. And I was like, good night, mommy. Does the cat die? And it does, but it's not in a gruesome or terrible way. It's just more like what they do with the body after that is a little bit disturbing. Oh, geez. Um, they like put it in like a, uh, what is it called? An aquarium, like full of water. Yeah. And body? Yeah. The body. Oh. The, it's very, like, it's like they do it because they're trying to disturb the mom or frame her, but she's like really like, she's like physically abusive and it's a really interesting film. And honestly, if you're into tense, creepy films, it's not scary, but it's very intense. Hmm. Um, I would highly recommend it because it kept me on the edge of my seat the entire movie. And I was like, fuck, this is so like, it's just very, it's a lot, but it's, it's like, I had waited, I had wanted to see this when it first came out in like 2015 or whenever. And so I've been waiting like five years to see this movie and I finally saw it. And I was like, that was absolutely worth the wait because it was, yeah, it was just like, I don't, Sam, I don't think it's your type of movie. I think it'll be too much for you. I have to say it was a little bit too much for me (laughs) at some (laughs) point. So, um, but anyone else, like I even, I have a friend named Shadow and he and I will um, like text each other and be like, hey, I just watched a super fucked up movie and I think you'll like it. And I'm like, great, I'll watch it. So then I watch it and I'm like, okay, that was super fucked up and you're right, but I did like it. And then I'll like see some other movie and I'm like, hey, I just watched this movie and it's super fucked up and I think you might like it. And then he'll watch it and be like, you're right, it was fucked up. And so we just kind of go back and forth. So I had like I had texted him and I had been like, I just watched Goodnight Mommy and I think you'll like it. And he's like, oh, and I saw it. It was really fucked up and I liked it. <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it's, um, it's on Hulu, I believe. And it is very tense and it's a very like, like it will make you uncomfortable. The mm. entire film is going to make you uncomfortable, but it's, it's good. It's, yeah. And the ending is like, What? okay so yeah yeah that's mine mm-hmm. good to know i do have i have two more actually sure okay okay you want me to do them yeah okay so i'm gonna talk about so i watched teen witch which is like an 80s film and you've you've never seen it right no uh-uh. i've never <laughs> even heard of it it's, it's um i don't reckon i recognized one actress from it because she was in poltergeist um, but I didn't really know who anyone else was in the movie, but I'm, it's like, it's kind of one of those like movies that is like a pop, like a pop culture icon, or it's kind of been like that. It's like, it's like slightly below like John Hughes films. I feel like, hmm. I, I mean, you said you never heard of it, but for the people who have are like, oh yeah, that film, but it's about this girl who becomes a witch when she turns 16 and so the title is accurate is what the title is accurate, yeah and she like wants to become popular and she is this best friend and so she like does the spell to become popular and of course her best friend who's like still real like is adorable she's super cute but she's like being left behind you know like of course like like typical popular girls do no i'm kidding but you go and i like this is so it's just so um sounds like she's ripe for a learning experience (laughs) but so 
she's like in love with this guy who kind of looked like like tom cruise and maybe like mark ruffalo had a baby he was like super adorable and um and i was like i was like he's so cute and so they end up like kind of hooking up or getting together and then at the end or like you know close to the end the teen witch is like i don't want to be popular anymore i'm really miserable blah 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 and the woman that is like her guide is like this maybe psychopath like she's like she's like what why don't you want to be popular anymore and she's like well i'm not happy about it so the ending is basically this girl goes to the dance she sees the guy that she's been you know kind of like making out with and stuff the tom cruise mark ruffalo dude and um they dance and then she like throws this amulet that she has back to this woman to i guess indicate that she no longer wants her powers and then that's the end of the film so oh my like, gosh resolution she doesn't ever not become popular she doesn't ever grow her friend just completely like falls off the radar so you don't ever see a resolution with that and i was like there's no ending to this movie <laughs> yeah i'm i'm looking at the cast right now and the only person i recognize is somebody who plays brad powell i guess that's, yeah that's him he that's plays the guy that... like a jerk in the movie son the Polly shore movie son-in-law that i really liked oh up and i recognize his face but i had to click on it to to see like how do i know him so yeah i don't even recognize like any of the, oh rita wilson is in it i guess what? maybe she's like a producer or something it doesn't say a character name anyway yeah, I this. Remember, I feel like I would remember that. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> yeah, I have a. Um, I don't have cable, but I have like very basic, like you know, like when you have like three channels on your TV. Yeah. And one of them is Movie Hub, and um, I was like, "Oh, Teen Witch, I'll watch this," because I'd seen it before, and I was like, "This is a really cute movie," but I didn't remember that there was like no ending. <laughs> I was like I like it finished and I was like and I was jokingly like I'm sitting there and I'm like and the end and like I and then it like actually ended and I was like wait I was kidding come back <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I'd recommend that one because the uh unless you think that the guy that plays Brad Powell is really cute nah it's it's not it's nothing special it's pretty bad actually but I did watch another film, and this is my last one, called The Other Lamb, which I really liked. And this is with Michael Huisman, Huisman, right? Michael Huisman, whatever. I can call him and ask about him before, and neither of us really like him, but I have to say that this role was like, he was like born for this role because he's like a narcissistic megalomaniac cult leader, and I was like, wow, he's perfect. Like, he is perfect for this role and it's about this guy who's a cult leader and he lives with like 20 women and like half of them are his children and then half of them are his wives but it focuses specifically on one girl and she's probably like 13 or 14 and she um is on the verge of like becoming a woman so like getting her period and it starts implying that when she gets her period that she's going to become one of his wives even though it's pretty much insinuated that he's her biological father oh so children as in really children because when you said children you did like quote marks yeah that's why i did quote marks because the children are going to end up becoming his wives but but they're really his children yeah, like no, biologically really his children well oh. i think 
I think most of them are. I think maybe one or two were recruited that were not his children, but they were not of age, which is when you get your period, not when you turn 18. Sure. So yeah. gross. Anyway. That's, um, oh, that's really weird. Yeah. So they're living in this compound in like the middle of the woods and this cop steps by and he's like, you have to leave and like all cops in real life and everything he was terrible at his job and didn't do any investigating or thought it was weird at all that these people were living in the middle of the woods with one man and 20 women whatever anyway so they they leave they start i'm just gonna can i just tell you the whole story well you started and now i need to know <laughs> so, so. so they leave and they're they're like walking across miles and miles of this gorgeous like but empty landscape you know it's just hills and trees and like no one there and and they're trying to find a new a new spot and they eventually come on this new spot but as you're watching them walk and everything like just his like composure starts crumbling and he's like being really abusive and then there's one point where one of the girls gives birth to a boy and um they have they she dies giving birth and so they're like burning her body and her daughter who is probably like five years old is like on her mom's body like sobbing like it's not she's not on fire yet and he like roughly pulls her away and then sets the body on fire and I was like give the girl like five minutes her mom just died you know like and um he wanted to kill the baby because the baby was born male and there can only be one male in this cult and so yeah and so uh <clears throat> again spoiler alert so they find like their eden that's what he calls it he there um and he ends up drowning all of the mothers all of the wives and then he like so these girls they're like where are our moms and he's like oh there's been a cleansing and now you can all be my wives and this the young woman who it's mostly focused on has like had it like she's finally realized what a colossal creep this guy is and what a fucking like asshole he is and she's basically like I'm never going to follow you again and it and this is like the end so like it fast forwards to these cops and they see all of these women like dead bodies like drowned and just like kind of like like on a river like you know what I mean like their bodies have washed up and they're all wearing white which they normally wear purple um or no they the wives are blue and the and the daughters wear purple, right? So, um, and so they're all wearing white. And then they find him later and he's like strung up like in a like a Christ-like stance, you know, but with ram horns like stuck into his skull and he's dead. And so that's the end of the movie. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. It was intense. And I also would recommend that one. That one was really good. I like that one. That was like super intense it's good it's going to be tense it's not as tense as good night mommy but it's pretty damn close yeah you sent me the trailer and i watched it and it did look very very intense yeah so how do you drown multiple adult women like did he drown them one at a time so they didn't know what was happening or my guess is that it was me yeah like maybe one at a time or something they could have maybe not been able to swim um but my i mean you don't ever see it you oh okay like, yeah you, you don't, don't see, see it. it happening but like you 
like see them in the water and him pushing them down in the water but it's like split second scenes of that so you don't actually like ever yeah you just it's pretty much implied um i'm guessing that they were so caught up by this guy and his lies that they just believed him you know hmm. i mean they're yeah. they were thoroughly like um what is that brainwashed, brainwashed. yeah yeah and it's there's just like i mean i didn't get into like there's just like all these weird scenes, but man, he was perfect as that role because he's really good at playing this like scary, like again, narcissistic megalomaniac character. And I was, I was impressed. This was like probably the, maybe the, like the first movie I ever liked him in was the red diving. What is it? Red sea diving resort. <laughs> yes. Red Sea Diamond Club, as you like to call it. Yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> I liked him in that, but he was only in it for like maybe all of like 10 minutes. He had, he yeah, he like had like really three lines. <laughs> yeah. I liked him. But in this, I liked him because I was like, I was like, this is the Michael Hoosman we should all see. You know? <laughs> so, you finally found it. You're calling. His call. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. So. Do you want to talk about the movie? I'm ready to talk about this movie. Okay. <laughs> First, I have to say thank you to my friend Amber. Yes. Amber thanks, and I Amber. were were really good friends in high school, and um, she recently messaged me on Instagram because we've had like we've gone in and out of each other's lives in the past like 15 years since high school. And we kind of always pick up where we left off, which is really fun. And we've been having like over quarantine, we've been having like just Instagram messages back and forth, you know. And she said, are you guys doing any LGBTQ movies for Pride Month? And I was like, oh, wow. I know. I can't. <laughs> we Lauren. both were like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so she said she'd give some suggestions. And one of her suggestions was Imagine Me and You. And you had said that you'd seen that and you wanted to, you were cool, you, like, you wanted to review that. So thank you to Amber for suggesting Imagine Me and You and for reminding us that it's Pride Month. And I just want to say, I'm really sorry for the forthcoming review that's on its way that you're about to listen to. I am also really sorry. But I so appreciate <laughs> your suggestion and reminding us that it's pride month and i think it's going to open up a very interesting conversation so oh my god <laughs> okay so <laughs> so how did you feel about the movie i wish i had never watched it <laughs> i think it's fundamentally flawed and i think it's a terrible movie and i strongly dislike it and i have many issues with it and the sad thing is i also can see ways where little tweaks where it could have been really good yeah um i just and i'm not being hyperbolic i really wish i'd never watched it i i i i don't think there's anything romantic about it i don't think it's um i actually wrote a little blip uh if i was like if i was in charge of like a newspaper or a magazine article where i only got like a small little portion to do and this is my review of it okay it's a freight train of romantic cliches leading to a predictable and never never subtle outcome with pandering dialogue less than stellar performances and more cruelty than one hopes to find in a movie advertised as a romantic comedy wow that is spot on actually i totally agree with that 
yeah it's yeah. it's i don't i don't like uh, <clears throat> i i don't like it <laughs> what do you think of the movie um well when i first saw it i thought it was super cute and i've grown up a lot since then and i've seen a lot more movies since then and i have to tell you that i didn't like it either <laughs> I was, I'm actually relieved because I thought that it was going to be like a very dense conversation. No, I, um, I had a lot of, like this movie, the biggest thing that I took from it is that this movie has a lot of issues with marriage in ways that make me super uncomfortable. Like yes. if you don't like the person that you're marrying, don't marry them. <laughs> like... <laughs> It got to a point with her, the main woman, Piper Parabo, with her, her character, Rachel, mm -hmm. her parents, like her mother was so nasty to her father. I know. And her, and father, I thought, sorry, they, they didn't like each other. Like they clearly didn't like each other. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, like it just boils down to, he seemingly has erectile dysfunction. And I thought like, it takes this long of being horrible to each other for it to, that simple and it's not simple but it is simple at the same time because of like modern medicine and just communicating with your spouse and you could say to your spouse like hey right now i'm having a little bit of trouble in the bedroom and your spouse could be like i, I realize that so let's walk through this together but instead they're just like really mean and nasty to each other and like talking about how like the dad was like when I was driving in the car to get married, I was just screaming like, no, no, no. Like, and back then I assume that his, like, he didn't have that medical issue. So the implication was that he didn't love the mother the whole time. But then at the end of the movie, they tried to make it seem like it was just recent because of his erectile dysfunction. And the mom, instead of like being like, Hey, this is something that affects us both let's walk like i said walk through this together she just resorts to insulting him and acting like yep. he's an idiot and i'm just supposed to be okay at the end with them suddenly being like with him suddenly saying i'll just take viagra and then their problems are all solved and i thought like this doesn't make any sense to me like well and i actually thought that maybe like i assumed that he meant viagra but I also was wondering if he was maybe talking about like antidepressants too. Oh, well, he didn't then seem I'm like totally he was wrong. a very happy person. He didn't. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I hope it's about antidepressants because that because it seems so cruel to be mean to him about like that sort of a medical issue. Well, I guess depression well, and is also, also a medical maybe he issue, can't but... get it up because she's so fucking awful. To I know him that he doesn't want to have sex yeah. with her. Like, and he gives I wouldn't. This... I'd be like, no, I don't want to have sex. You were just mean to me. Fuck you. Like... He gives this heartbreaking speech, and I think it's supposed to be like, I think his speech is supposed to be uplifting. But he says to his daughter, like, I loved your mom from the get go, but I always knew that if she found someone better, she'd leave me in a heartbeat. And I was like, that's so sad. I know. I it's know. So, I, no wonder, like, what a terrible life to, I like, know. what a waste of your life if you feel that way. Like, what a waste. I don't, it's, anyway, I'm sorry. You're well, right. No, the movie I mean, does have a problem with marriage among the other movie, things. like the, the movie seemingly is like, get married and settle down to the person that you kind of feel like mediocre towards. But then if someone else comes along, that's better then you should leave your spouse for them. That's almost what the whole movie was saying. Oh, that's definitely. And 
I've been saying this phrase in my head a lot too, and that this is something across the board with uh, romantic comedies that they are guilty of, and that is that comfortable equals boring. Yeah. And that's such a dangerous, like in the highway of life, that's a very dangerous exit to get out on because comfortable is anything but boring. Like, do you want to yeah. go through your life only being half known and only knowing people halfway because being comfortable with somebody is probably the like that's like zen almost i think oh you my know? god that is gold that's like yeah being, like i've i dated someone who i was walking on eggshells the entire time i was around them i was very uncomfortable i never knew what to say because anytime i'd say anything he would just go off on me you know and it's like and living that kind of life, I never want to do that again. That was awful. And it, it took a long time to bounce back from that where I felt like, hey, what you think and what you feel is okay. And it's normal to express those feelings, you know. And so being with someone where I come home to them and I'm like, oh, my God, I just I love seeing you. I love spending time with you. I'm comfortable around you. You make me feel so safe. Like, hell Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you want somebody who feels like home, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like you should you should be looking forward to seeing that person when you go home because you're like, that's my person. I love them, you know? But yeah, this movie is like, um, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand that trope. And that's I, I think the biggest correlation that I made to Sleepless in Seattle was that like heck, like Walter was just a sweet affable likable guy like he was better I he loved heck i thought he was a sweetheart like he was even better than walter like oh, he yeah, was no. more tuned in than walter yeah and it, his storyline is so sad because she won't have sex with him anymore they've just gotten they were on let's say on thursday they were in love with each other Friday morning, I'm just making up days of the week. Friday morning, she's so excited about getting married. She's like awake before her alarm. That's how the movie starts. She's so happy to be marrying him. They love each other. She calls him her best friend. They're, you know, and then, then Saturday, she, her entire sexual identity has changed. Well, maybe not Saturday, well, but it's like her. Even midway through Friday, she looks like she doesn't want to get married to him. Like she's walking down the aisle and she's like, Ugh. and I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, we you're have getting married, but no yeah, backstory except to, for her to say how much she loves him. She's dreamed about this day. They've been together forever. And she calls him her best friend a lot, which is very romantic. But I think the movie is trying to use that as a catalyst to be like, see, they're comfortable around each other. And none of that is done well enough for me to be like oh they shouldn't be getting married all of it just points to me like oh you're so lucky you found your person you know yeah. and then and then her entire sexual identity changes she won't have sex with him anymore she's not um having these feelings that she isn't sure what to do with she's not having like bisexual feelings she is done having sex with him and he is so it makes it it's such a sad movie. He asks his friend. He asks her father. He even asks her in a slight way. He goes to Luce, the, the florist, who is the other love interest, asks her what's going on. And Luce says to him, 
you should ask Rachel what's wrong. And he was like, I can't ask Rachel because what if something really is wrong? And it's so sad. So he's trying so hard to figure out what he did wrong in this. And the movie seems like, does it take place in the span of like a week? I think so. Yeah. It's like a week or two. It's a very, it's like, I, I I have a big issue with, okay. It's if you, if, they had written it out so maybe took a place over i don't know like a year or a couple years and she was starting to fall in love with loose then sure okay that would be much more likely but the fact that she is she decides that she's going to leave behind her husband her now husband that she's been with for the better part of a decade for some woman that she just met that she just like happens to have some tingly feelings in her vagina for like i don't know what to tell you girl but like there's attractive people everywhere in this world so are you gonna lose like leave someone every time you're like oh well (laughs) hello (laughs) you know like (laughs) yeah and i think that this this movie like once again, there's a crime in this movie that happens in most romantic comedies, especially ones that are not well done, and that's the trivialization of love, where they call yeah. everything love. And I don't personally subscribe to the notion of love at first sight. I think there is intrigue at first sight. I think there is interest at first sight. I think there is lust at first sight. Love. There's definitely attraction at first sight. Attraction. Love, I agree. Attraction but- at first sight love is is you cannot love is built love is earned um i cannot as a rational adult woman i cannot lock eyes with somebody and think we are in love and and that really bothered me in the movie because they threw the term love around so freely and i thought you're you're disguising all these things at best what they had was lust and attraction Mm -hmm. at first sight which are all things that like i I agree with you all those things exist but that's not where you should like hang your hat if you're in a committed relationship you know if you're and if there are problems in the relationship with her and heck they sure as heck (laughs) they didn't show them in the movie they didn't show them they just showed her like she went from zero to 100 and losing interest in him just from locking eyes with loose and it it's so aggravating to me i cannot get on board with it no i can't either and it's it's like okay if if i was in rachel's shoes and i was having feelings for someone else the first thing that i would and i was married the first thing that i would do was cut off contact with that person yes you know i'd be like listen you're great but I'm going to go hang out with my husband for a while and probably never call you again. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know, like, like it's, but, and also if you're starting to feel like you are not able to be, um, to like maintain fidelity in your relationship, then you need to go to your significant other and you need to say, Hey, I'm having an emotional affair with someone else. Um, do you like let's talk about this let's go to therapy let me cut off content like it's just like she's doing everything but like trying to make it work with her husband and I'm like you guys have been together for seven years he clearly it like not only is he a total sweetheart who really really likes her and there's seemingly nothing wrong with him he's such a great guy also it's Matthew Good and Matthew Good is such a cutie pie you know like how can <laughs> yeah. you you know like um and instead of 
like working through these problems and saying like maybe I'm having second thoughts or I'm scared because this is a new environment or whatever you know and um she just immediately is like I think I'm just gonna ditch this relationship this marriage that I have with this guy and and end up with this woman and I'm like yeah and then what if it doesn't work out in a month because the only reason that you guys are together is because you're you know feeling each other like it's like so I mean if I if like someone did that to me and then came crawling back to me and was like, I made a mistake. I'd be like, yeah, you did. Bye. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, I know. And I love you. I'd still be like, dude, I have feelings for you, but you broke my heart. Like you can kindly fuck off because at this <laughs> point I'm not going to give you the time of day for you to just do that again to me. Hell no. Like I got to protect myself and you fucked up. So, you know, and good luck. How do those, how do those feelings end so fast? Because if like she fell out of love with him she she fell out of love with him the moment she saw loose like you saw it happen and how does that how does that end when he's a good partner like i understand if you're like i'm mary i'm making a mistake i'm marrying somebody who's a terrible person he's terrible to me he's neglectful he's all these awful things I can see how maybe your love, if you even feel love for him, I can see how that feeling would dissipate so quickly. But how does it happen where she's in love with him and they are so close and they're so tight and how does that feeling just disappear? It's it's nonsensical. I can't get on board with that. Like I can understand being like being tempted is normal in life. Right. Um, especially like it's a little weird that she was tempted during like the honeymoon phase of this relationship. Quite <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, at, like literally at her wedding. She's like, Oh my god, she stuck her arm yeah. in some punch to get my <laughs> ring. First of all, I thought that she I thought that Rachel would maybe spike the punch at first. And that's why she was like, No, you can't have any. Nope, you can't you can't have any. But then when I found out that she dumped her ring in there, I was like, first of all, so were you fishing around in there all that? Because how <laughs> yeah. do you like, like how were you holding an open hand over the punch? Cause like your fingers would probably like, be bent. Like how does like, it yeah, no, like, well, and also I'm, I'm waving my hand <laughs> like really fast, but also I have a hard time believing that like if he had gotten the ring for her or assumingly that's, it was a traditional type of engagement. Um, that he had gotten the ring for her. And if it was too big, it seems like they would have it sized down, you know, like immediately because usually engagement rings are pretty expensive. You know, they seem like they live in a really nice place. So I would imagine he, he has a great job or had a great job. Um, which I have to get into that part too. Cause I did not give a shit about the job <laughs> thing. Like at all. Yeah. Like, well, so- I feel like there was many, many, many weak, weak attempts to make things look like they were not like to to put a facade on things like look how dishonest he is at work but he's so conflicted about being dishonest that it doesn't show he's a bad guy you know what i mean like it's stupid we can talk about let's continue because i have things about the punch bowl so let's keep going right right so so she's like either fishing around in the punch bowl and she like and I'm, i'm just like okay first of all that totally grosses me out to think like someone has their arm like fishing around in there and like who knows if they're even like their hands are clean or not so like how did it fall in there to begin with that was a weak weak part I was like that was stupid and then of course Luce is like well I'm not afraid to stick my hand in the bowl like she's some kind of like I don't know rebel or whatever and I was just like okay um and 
I, it was just like, I thought what was cute was when the guy, what was his name? Ben, the really shitty dude. Oh, Rob. I kept calling him by the wrong name. <laughs> the whole movie, I was like, Sam, Ben, Rob, whatever the fuck his name is, um, who was like, just an asshole for like asshole's sake and he was actually not really part of the plot like at all like had almost nothing to do with the advancement of the plot but he was like so snobby and shitty to her and then I liked when Luce had slipped it back on her finger I thought that was cute but that was like it about that part where I was I, I mean I have to say though I have been in love with Lena Hetty since I saw her in the Jungle Book and I saw when I saw her in this movie I was like oh Lena Hetty <laughs> so but uh, I was not in love with her in Game of Thrones because she, she was gross at that. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about how red that punch was and how she just put the ring back on Rachel's finger after she had her arm in red punch and the ring in red punch and Rachel's hand was behind her back against her white wedding dress? Yeah, I thought of that too. I was and, like, I mean, like you, that dress. You've got to like these things are so easy to not do in movies so don't do them like you just literally don't do them That's yeah it. It, or make the punch clear yeah you know yeah. like make it oh, water yeah. Like, yeah yeah make it anything other than red punch against a white wedding dress that and, and i thought to myself there's going to be a comedic scene on the dance floor where there's like red stained punch but nope her dress was fine and also like lewis was like really weird at the wedding like she was like really having a good time at the wedding walking around introducing herself to people and i was like you're the florist does this does the florist usually get such like an easy breezy time at a wedding i don't i actually wrote that down i was like is it normal for the oh (laughs) this is what i wrote because i wasn't sure what the term was so i wrote is it normal for the florist to hang out at the wedding that they floristed (laughs) I think that is the word. I think that is it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I would think that, um, me personally, if I was a florist, I'd be like, I don't want to stay at your wedding. I don't know you. (laughs) Like, you know, I'd be like, Oh, enjoy the beautiful flowers. See you later. You know, but like, like, and she's not even in like proper, like she's wearing like a fucking hoodie or something like in a scarf. Like I was like, I was wondering if this was like, I was wondering if that was a crude attempt to make it be like, see, look, she doesn't even dress like a girl because she's a lesbian, like a 2005 attempt right? at that. I don't know, because I think like I've done like I've DJed, DJed, quote unquote, weddings before, very low key, like ceremonies at my old church. And um, and, you know, like when you're when you're doing a service for a wedding, they do let you like eat food and stuff, you know, but. Well, but a DJ you, a wedding is different from being well, a florist at a wedding. Though. I'm just saying, like, if you're doing a service for the wedding, like the photographer right. gets to stay, you get like the rejects at table 12 table. You know, it's in the right. corner. It's by the door to the kitchen and all of the service people that are helping out at the wedding kind of sit there you know what i mean like you don't right. dance on the dance floor you're not you're not a technical guest at the wedding but she was a drab guest who didn't even bother to dress up and no. who was dancing with members of the wedding party's family on yeah. the dance floor and like i i thought she was like really making herself at home for being that like if you're in if you're 
servicing a wedding, you stand off to the side and make sure that the flowers don't look wilted. Sure. But do you participate right. in all the activities? Uh, it's so I weird. Think, I think what happens is that they drop the flowers off and leave. I don't think they would stay. That's you know? probably think, more accurate. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. well, and I think that the only reason that they did was that was so she could get to know H, the little girl. Yeah. The little, mm-hmm. sister. The little sister. And she could get to know Coop. Who I hated and I could have thrown into an active volcano. I was I like, I can't wait any longer, Lauren. I have okay. to say this now. Where okay. did he get a baby at the? Is that? Oh my god! Oh my god! That <laughs> oh oh my god! I I like okay. I'm. Oh, what is it? What was happening? Where did he get a baby from? What? What was the point of that? And that was a I, post, like that was a mid-credit scene. So they definitely could have just left it out, but oh, they yeah. put it in. And I thought there was no baby or partner for him anytime. And I, like, and now all of a sudden he's like with this baby, and he's super excited about having a child. <laughs> I I have a couple theories. Okay. So the first is really lame, and that's that they wanted to have him have a better character arc. So having him have a character arc. So he like stole a baby. I guess is having a baby. The second one is kind of a lot more grosser, but he's going to groom that baby to later be his bride. I actually kind of thought like that thought went through my head. I was like, are they implying that this is like his new girlfriend? And I I, like, I scoffed at myself and like cringed at myself for thinking it, but his character was such an ass and like a womanizer for the whole movie. And then all of a sudden, and he like, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no girlfriend, there's no wife, there's no one night stand, there's no implication that he got a woman pregnant. He's just in the post credit scene when everybody is living in their quote-unquote happy ever after they show him get a baby out of like he holding a baby up and saying like nice thing like cooing at the baby and my third theory is that it's a baby of a woman that he wants to sleep with (gasps) oh maybe but But like like why would they they could just cut that out just i don't don't put it in it's like it's also like cooper coop or whatever is not enough of an interesting character for me to care about what happens to him he's such like, a trope he's he, oh he's so tropey he's yeah like and the so fake and tro- it's like the person it was like you know when you read those movie scripts that like people allege that they're like i had my bot watch 90 hours of hallmark movies yes. like he was his character is such a trope that he was he was created by a bot like he couldn't have yeah. been created by a real person it's like hey hey i'm the piggish groomsman who also sleeps with lots of women and wants to bet a lesbian you know like that's yeah and i i hated the whole like oh well she's gay now but when she gets with me like i'm like (laughs) what what in the world would make you think that some like gorgeous lesbian is going to settle for some guy who's like i sleep with women nonstop. by the way um he's like he's saying to loot or he's saying to um to hack he's like Oh yeah, you know, I can turn her straight or whatever. And I'm I'm just like, you know what? That's a disgusting way of thinking about someone else. And it's like and it's also like she is repeated to him many times. Dude, I'm gay. I'm not into you. I'm not into you. I'm gay because I like women and I like women. And have I mentioned that I'm gay and I'm not into you? And by the way, I'm super gay and I like women and I'm not into you. And he's just like 
but you could be into me. And I'm like, no, man, take no for an answer and just leave it alone. Like you can be friends with this girl if you can somehow manage it, which I don't think you can, because apparently to this guy, women are like a separate species altogether. I mean, my God. And it's just like, he, he just like goes on and on about how, you know, he's sleeping with all these different women and whatever. And you never see him with a woman though. So I have a really hard time believing that he's as successful yeah. as a lover as he I, claims, you know, like. I actually what? had two desires for Coop. Um, okay. Was one number- of them to throw him in an active volcano? Because me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> no. Glad you agreed. Two desires for Coop. Number one was that at the end, near the end of the movie, we'd learn that he was all talk because he said super piggish things. Like mm-hmm. he said, like, I've slept with married people before. Their spouse is their problem, you know, yeah. and he said all these piggish things about women sleeping with him. And he, when he made his speech at the wedding, he was like to the bridesmaid who I'm taking home later, you know who you are. You know, I thought maybe at the end it was going to be like Coop's full of hot air and he's a very lonely person, but that never happened. No. And, um, Or at the end, I kind of wanted him to still have a redemption story where he like in the in the final scenes where he is where they're all like living out their happy ever afters like i've said you know where you see that heck is finding a new like met a new woman he has a meet cute with a woman and you see the two women like sitting on a bench together and you see the mom and dad you know the little girl and her little boyfriend i would have liked to see coop and the sad bridesmaid together like maybe they have a redemption story where like they find love with each other and you know but no instead he has a baby randomly and her poor friend who's so cute like is just her storylines just like hangs hanging in the balance there's nothing no resolution for her she's just like sorry you're you know you're shit out of luck um and and they could have grown that relationship too throughout the movie if they had actually like tried to make him or her compelling interesting characters instead of yeah because i didn't really care for her either because she was just so focused on like yeah she was almost like like a more like pathetic desperate version of him which i didn't like because it's like she can be like him and still be just as confident but i think that the reason that they did it so she seemed like she was more desperate and pathetic is probably because she's a woman you know yeah no i think so a woman can't own her sexuality you know she can't like if you're if you're aggressive or if you're asking if you're asking for a hookup you're being aggressive yeah you're being aggressive or you're being slutty or trashy Mm -hmm. or whatever and that's just stupid because it like you know i mean the road goes both ways men and women are both sexual creatures so we can you know both feel similar things about wanting us you know someone to sleep with or whatever but yeah instead they just kind of painted her as like just this like sad like desperate woman and and like bitter and i was like oh so trope like she was just such a trope too you know yeah and And i wanted to like her especially in the beginning when she's like wish me luck and rachel goes well it's my wedding and she's like yeah but i want to like pull you know and and uh, i was like okay girl yeah you get it girl you know like but then they just they they took it like a totally different way and and just wrote her to be kind of just sad you know so i was also thinking too if so you're kind of assuming that Hack and Coop have been friends for at least the amount of time that he has been with Rachel. 
you know, if not longer, maybe shorter, but we don't know. Either way, they've been friends for a long time. He was his best man. They're clearly very close. So that makes me assume that Rachel also has spent time with him and is familiar with him. Yes. And if that's the case, and she knows the kind of guy that Coop is, and that he's like, kind of like a, a, you know, um, a womanizer, why the hell would she want to get her friends together with this guy like i if i were her and i were in the same boat that she were in i would have gone uh no don't don't even talk to that dude because he's just a creep he's he's interested in nothing but you for like what you have between your legs it's gross you know like he's just he's just an ass stay away from him but instead she's trying to like get loose and him together and i'm like what kind of motivation does she have here you know? i thought the exact same thing i was like that's weird that coop of all people she would want to hook up with any woman even a woman she didn't know because she would know what he is like like right. she would know that he was a womanizer so i thought it was really weird as well i'm glad you brought that up because i thought the same thing when it was happening i thought coop really yeah yeah, I know. And I think it's only because he's like the seemingly only male friend. Yeah, I don't understand in the slightest why she would want to hook anybody up with him. So, and the movie establishes early on that he's a pig. So, it's really weird. Weird well, decision making. Well, and also making. like I don't even understand why she'd want to spend time with him. Right. You know? I feel like too. He- like heck, you can go and spend time with your friend, but I don't want to be around him. You know, like Yeah. You know, like I I would be like, I don't want to spend time with someone who just sees me as a vehicle to get his rocks off. Like, ew, you know? Uh, no. Yeah, I also think it's weird that like she wants to start out this relationship with Luce, like this friendship with Luce by like trying to hook her up. Like that's really off putting to be like, Hey, come over to my house for dinner. Oh, by the way, I'm trying to hook you up with somebody that like that's I wouldn't I don't well, know I don't even tell her either that's it's like yeah, a surprise yeah. To lose. I would have been pissed I would have been like you don't you don't ask me like I don't even know you you don't know what uh, yeah no I I didn't think that that was appropriate at all like just the whole thing was just weird yeah no I it's it's so stupid it doesn't make any sense none of the movie makes sense <laughs> no it doesn't and Mike pointed out that it was written and directed by a straight man. Great. <laughs> Great. So that just further proves the fact, like, not only he wrote it and directed it, so I don't know what, where did he get his knowledge or expertise from for this sort of story? Well, and also, God forbid a woman writes or directs a female-centric film, you know, like... Well, and maybe a woman who has gone through something like this in her life, where yeah. she thought she where she was attracted to men but then learned that she was attracted to women and you know like <laughs> yeah just throw the entire script out and director and we'll just start fresh that's what right we're gonna do. We'll, we'll just remake this movie and we'll make it better <laughs> yeah just like make a love story yeah that's easy don't make a cruel whatever this is yeah. yeah yeah you know what and actually what we should just do 
is just throw away the entire movie and just make a whole different movie is what I say. Yeah, 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 yeah. page page one rewrite. Yeah, but I'm really exactly. surprised when he pointed that out, he sent it to me via text and when he pointed that out, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think to look at the director, but that's even worse that the I director know. is... What, where is, why would any, why would that be a story that he would be an expert on in, in the slightest? I, I can see like, if something like that happened to him where a woman that he was with left him for another woman, but that's not the movie we watched. The movie we watched is mainly about a woman who leaves her husband for another woman, not about the husband really, you know? No, I know. And, you know, it's, it's like how they keep, you know, giving Zack Snyder work, even though he has no idea what he's doing and has maybe never touched a camera, 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 camera in his life. I know I do. I do have to say this. I know I do give Zack Snyder a lot of shit, but I do have to say that I really did like Sucker Punch. Okay. Was, yeah, yeah, sure. Did you see that movie? Yeah, I liked it. Mm -hmm. You liked it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. I was really impressed by that one. Um, I think but, I've every woman I've talked to has liked Sucker Punch and every man I've talked to about it has not liked it. So I have a surprise. I have a theory that men wanted it to be sexier and women were were like pleasantly surprised that it was like empowering. <laughs> That's my theory about Sucker Punch. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. How dare we want an empowering film about women? And, and I thought it was pretty know, like I thought like, they were pretty sexy anyway, you know. I thought they were too. Yeah. I, like, I don't know what you're talking like <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever i can't i just i'm sort of flabbergasted that the writer director and why would he write such a piggish man character like why would he write coop if like don't you think a man would be like maybe i should write these people to be sort of likable but instead he from the depths of his brain he pulled out coop this womanizing pig that seems weird and suspect as well i know i know it's <sighs> I, the main like there's some major issues I have with the movie that I really want to make sure we get into but I want to talk about her friends really quick so she okay. had the two friends the one that we were just talking about and then another one that gets even less character development mm -hmm. and Rachel's going through this like very intense as I said before sexual identity change it's not like she's she's going through something pretty intense like yeah I think it seems to me like she's going from being attracted to men only to being attracted to women only. That's how severe they're making it in the movie. And I think that some of the awkward, like, I think that some of the disconnect for me would have been solved if she had had some very intense heart to hearts with her girlfriends Yeah, and said, yeah. Things such as, you know, when I went to summer camp, I had an experience with another, another girl that, and I thought it was just a phase or in high school, I was really attracted to one of my classmates, but I thought it was just a phase, Right. but it's seeming like it's not a phase. It seems like I'm actually, I do actually have same sex attraction and I'm feeling this way towards loose and I don't know what to do about it because I've now married a man and I'm struggling with these feelings that I don't know what to do with. But she well, never she had. Wait, let me, let me just interrupt you real quick. She doesn't have to be like, like absolutely into just women or absolutely into right. men. She can be bisexual. Right. You know, that is a thing. So it's like, it's insulting to um, 
it's kind of like her portrayal of someone who's suddenly switching sides is kind of insulting because she's been with this guy for seven years. So I don't think that she's just into women, you know, like that's right. very suspect if she's dated this dude forever and is now married to him. And now she's like, Oh, actually I think I might like girls. And it's like, girl, you know, you like girls your whole damn life. Like this should not be a surprise to you. This should be something that she has been struggling with and questioning her whole life. Like I have struggled and questioned my whole life. You know, I've always struggled with my sexuality and it isn't until recently where I discovered like, Hey, this is fine. And this is what you are and, and whatever. And I'm comfortable with that. But it's like, like this shouldn't suddenly be like being hit by a truck when you're driving like this is going to come out of nowhere this is going to be something that she has known for a while you know and that and I agree with you that having a heartfelt talk with her girlfriends and maybe mentioning something in her past would make a lot more sense as to why she's starting to feel that way about Luce now you know yeah because I think so something about the movie that bothers me is that she never has those conversations. It's just all in her head. And we're just supposed to jump on board with this. Right. And, but I think the door swings both ways on these storylines. I think that this movie implies that she's a heterosexual, but she locks eyes with a woman and suddenly has same sex attraction. That's what the movie implies. Yes. Regardless of what their yeah. intentions were, the movie implies that she switches orientate her sexual identity just like that and that's no, I, really I dangerous agree with you. i think it's, i agree with you yeah. yeah okay good i'm glad so we yeah. interpreted no, I totally it i totally agree with you like it's very much like oh she's straight and then it's like just kidding she's gay and it's like what because she could still like if she's battling these feelings she'd most likely still have sex with her husband but she stops having sex with him entirely right. and you can't say that she's in love with someone else because she is not in love with someone else she locked wait, eyes wait, with her and the thing is okay and wait one more one more thing you said like she stops having sex with him entirely but the whole thing takes place over like two weeks so is it entirely because that's not that long of a time like two weeks in your it's the honeymoon like they have just gotten married that's like no you're okay if you're yeah. living no. if i'm living yeah. with a man if i live if i'm living with a man and we just stop having sex just cold turkey and he asks for it in a polite way i mean he's he's not trying to coerce her or attack her he asks for it in a way that a partner would ask for it yeah no he's being multiple like, he's times being cute and he's being flirty and yeah he's like, multiple yeah. times he tries to seduce her in a romantic way not in a like forceful way right and no, she no, denies him yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. for the life of the movie, she is no longer turned on by him. She does not want to have sex with him, and he is perplexed. He can't figure out what's going on. And they're living together. So sex is pretty natural if you're just, like, spending all this time together. You know what well, I mean? Well, it sounds like – it seems like they've been living together for years. You right. Know? This, is, this is nothing new. So what I'm getting to is a movie like this is so dangerous because – I can imagine parents who send their children to conversion therapy say, you're not, say to their daughter who's having same-sex attraction, you're not gay, you just haven't met the right man yet. You're mm -hmm. not gay, you just haven't locked eyes with the right man yet at a wedding. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. why this movie, and I am very conscious of the fact that I have never, I am a heterosexual woman, and I've never had to go through 
the struggle or realization that you are experiencing same-sex attraction in a society that is very unkind to that. So I'm, I'm very conscious of that and I want to be kind about it, but I think that this movie is dangerous because the implication is it go, it, what I'm trying to say is it goes both ways. Like if this movie was about a couple, a, a female couple who is getting married and one of the brides locked eyes with a man at the, you know, like would it, that would be so much more insulting. You see, for so some I, reason. Think, I think that, that you have to, and I think when this movie was made in 2005, it was like probably one of the first mainstream successful movies of uh, about a same-sex relationship. So I'm cognizant of the fact that they probably had to slide it in in a manner that masses would kind of accept. Right. And that's probably why they did that, but I think it's very dangerous. It's very it's a very dangerous road to go down to imply that something like that can be changed so easily because you have to remember that it goes both ways and the movie chasing amy dealt with that issue a little bit and i thought the chasing amy's not like i don't think it's a great movie by any means like some of it's kind of sad like the ben affleck's character is pretty cruel to joy lauren adams in some parts and things but they have a conversation about it like she's a lesbian and have you ever seen it no, but I know okay. I kind of have an idea what's what it was. She's about. a lesbian in the movie and she has a relationship with Ben Affleck's character and he sort of talks to her about it and she says something like, you know, I'm I'm attracted to the person. Right. And it's sort of it's enough of a conversation where you're like, I'm on board with this. And then after their relationship ends, the implication is that she dates a woman afterwards, you know, like and I think that this movie could have just if it would have just had some some conversations. Yeah. Along those lines, it wouldn't have seemed so like, like, oh, she's jumping, she's jumping over. And she uses like, she uses allegories. Like the one time she talks to her friend, she's like, have you ever crossed the street? And I'm like, girl, you're about to, you're trying to make the biggest change of your life. And you're using like some euphemistic allegory that's not even clear to your friends. And, 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 and I just, I think that the movie missed the mark. Like they could have had, it could have been meaningful and it could have been believable, but instead it's, it seems so dangerous to me. Yeah. Well, and like if, if my friend had been like, have you ever crossed the street? I would think literally crossing the street, I'd be like, yeah, like a bunch of times. It's not that big of a deal, dude. Just look both ways, make sure there's no cars coming. And they'd be like, no, that's not what I meant. And I'd be like, well, uh, okay, well, what? <laughs> like, you know, it's, um, and it, it, it's, I, I agree with you. I think that it's, it, it really... <sighs> Like, the two themes of this movie are, like, lack of communication and, like, marriage is the worst or something like that. And it's just yeah. very weird. But you are spot on. And I didn't even think about this, that you were spot on if the roles were reversed and it was, a le- like, a lesbian couple getting married and then one of them saw a man and was like, oh, I'm in- actually in love with this man. That would be, like, I that would piss me off. I would be, like, insulted by that. I'd be like, that's a gross thing. And... And this movie is, is, it's like, it's just not okay with the way that they go about things. And it's very strange. And 
as just to play off on what you were saying before about you said like you know i'm a heterosexual woman so i identify as a queer woman because i am not i would i'm mostly heterosexual but there's an attraction to women and i have had instances where i went to like um i was in a writing school when i was 18 for like two weeks i was like in illinois and stayed at like a dorm it was really fun and um there was a woman there who worked there and i cannot remember her name for the life of me and i've been trying and i think it starts with a v it might be like victoria or veronica but it's been a long time it's been 16 years but i thought she was so beautiful and so stunning and i kind of like thought that maybe something may might occur with her at some point like i kept getting that vibe that she was maybe into me too but um again i've like my whole life I have questioned how I felt about both genders and it's never been something that has been a surprise I have felt like this because I remember my my sister's four years younger than me but I remember her being in kindergarten and me thinking that her kindergarten teacher was gorgeous and I was like what eight you know so it's right like and that's really kind of I think the time where you start like you're like at that age where you're like, ew, boys are gross or whatever, but you're still like, well, I don't know, you know? And so it's, it's like, again, this is not something that Rachel should have been like, oh my God, I'm suddenly gay. And I'm like, are you sweetheart? Because you saw a pretty girl in a crowd. Like, so what? It, like that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, but if they're yeah. actually building up the fact that she has had these struggles her whole life, then I would have been way more on board with their relationship. You yeah, know? just all they needed was a couple conversations, some simple yeah. dialogue, and then I could understand why, oh, now it's a struggle. But also something else that happened in the movie that really bothered me was that she was, so Rachel was talking to Heck and she's like, you know what? When I met Luce, it was like, we had this connection immediately. Like you just, you know, when you just meet someone and you know, you're going to be friends with them and, and you just know, and that's how I felt about Luce, you know? And then all of a sudden she finds out Luce is a lesbian and Luce becomes her plaything to like poke and prod. Like if Luce wasn't a lesbian, would you ever have these feelings? Or is it because now it's suddenly like, oh, maybe Luce, Luce is like my experiment. And I didn't like that yeah. either. I felt like no. she turned because Lu like she's, she turned, I don't know the proper, I don't know what terminology to say, but she suddenly stopped being heterosexual and started being attracted to Luce because Luce was gay. And I right. think that that's a really weak storyline as well, because you can't like, that's a big, like, that's a major life well, change. I, Not only is she married I, I, and has to deal with that. Um, to, I actually disagree with you on that. I think that she always had attraction to Luce way before she knew that she was gay. I think she, like from the moment they saw her, I think that finding out that Luce was gay was kind of like the moment where she's like, oh, well, shit, if she's gay, maybe I will kind of pursue this or see what's up or whatever. But I think you're right. I agree with you. I think your way of saying it is much more accurate. Um, thank you. But I do think it's weird that all of a sudden it's like, okay, and you just totally forget about your spouse mm -hmm. and yeah. you totally forget about the fact that he's a man and, and you're suddenly dealing with like this major life change in a very cavalier manner. Right. And I think that it's, 
I think that if you're, you're married to someone, if you're in a committed relationship and you know that there's someone else that might tempt you and it's easy to just cut them out of your life, then just cut them out. Because at the end of the day, like, do you want to be with this person that you've grown this beautiful relationship with for a better part of a decade and you just got married in this, you know, gorgeous wedding where you both like are were really clearly like showing your love for each other and and you're just going to give it all up for someone that you've known for a week. Like it's like to me it's like that that's not an excuse. And if you if they like had an open relationship or something where they were exploring other options with other people then sure. But that's not part of this. So to, in my mind, it's not like, to me, the allure of loose is not, um, strong enough to make sense that she would leave her entire life behind for this woman, you know, because, and we don't even really know that much about loose except for like, you know, she wants her mom to get out and date and she seems like she's a sweet person, you know? So you definitely like Luce as a character because she's fun. But um, honestly, like there, it's not like it dives really deep into her psyche or anything or what makes her her, you know, it's just, she's like, she, like her whole identity is kind of that she's gay. Like, and that you know she's like mean? a florist. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so she likes flowers and she's gay. And also not to mention, but what a tropey occupation of course you're a fucking florist like in a romantic comedy it's like yeah they all have like vanity jobs but like (laughs) there's only like three occupations for women in romantic comedies and it's like a restaurant owner a florist or like your bookseller yeah yeah (laughs) or a journalist i guess yeah but um journalist a journalist who's terrible at her job and just stalks guys down i have a big problem this movie um, also, like, and this is something that other romantic comedies do badly as well, and is that we never see them actually falling in love. We see no. them locking eyes, and they have feelings for each other, as you said, which I agree with you. I think you said it much better. Like, they do have feelings for each other. She has feelings for her from the start. but And then we see them go out for an evening And we never see them have any in-depth, intimate conversations. We never see them have any moments. They don't support each other. They don't do anything conducive to love. Yeah. It's all just this, like, physical attraction that they're playing off of. And we never see a romance blossom. Um, We never see them connect with each other. We never see any of that. It's super, very, very superficial and all of a sudden at the end we have to believe that they have this like lasting love and commitment to each other after we have seen nothing and the it's not even really a love story there's no love story there it's it's a lust story yeah that's hard to say a lust story yeah (laughs) and 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 it's infuriating because i i think i had some ideas as i was watching the movie because i thought the scene when Rachel goes to the fl- flower shop and her and Luce like make out, I thought that was a really pretty passionate scene. And I really, I thought like it was well done because it showed them kissing for long periods of time, which I feel like is rare in a same for same sex kissing, you know? Right. No, I thought movie. that was, I thought that part was very cute. And I, I thought, I wish, this is what I wish for the movie, like Samantha's rewrite. Okay. 
So okay. Rachel and Heck are best friends, male, female, best friends. Okay. Could probably be in a relationship together, but something is always missing. And that's the fact that Rachel has these same sex attractions, but she's pushing them down, you know? Okay. Okay. And she could have like a strict family too or something. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah, maybe her yeah. family is against it. Society is kind of, like I said, very unkind. Which and so like, she's just. W- wait, let me, let me just interject one more thing, which I think would be better because I did not care for her parents at all. Like, no, her we, parents were like, awful. No, they were terrible, especially the mom. Like, I yeah. like the dad was kind of okay. And, but I have, I have actually some stuff to say about him, but, um, yeah, if they had made the parents stricter so you're, like, purposefully not supposed to like them, then I would have been more on board with that. But anyway, go on. Yeah, no, just, like, so Heck is still in the picture, and he wants to date her, but she just won't commit to him. And then she meets Luce, and they have a meet-cute, and then she's struggling because, you know, like, she's struggling with these feelings for Luce. And it could be exactly the same. It just, there's doesn't have to be a, like any wreckage and you don't have to suddenly like in the span of a very short time, she doesn't have to fall out of love with, get married, fall out of love with someone, treat him very badly, ruin his life. Like what happens to him in this movie is a lot. It's, it's a course altering, a life altering situation. It, yeah. You don't just, bounce back from something like that that like that takes time Mm -hmm. she doesn't have to do any of that and and you could still have a very romantic and beautiful movie with her and loose like you know with her reluctantly at first like coming to terms or learning that it's okay that she has this attraction to loose and then they fall in love and you know what i mean like yes it could like you a lot of it could still be the same and it could be a really beautiful story but why why have her get married at the beginning and why have her like suddenly stop being in love with him so quickly right. when she's not even you can't even say in in like later Luce's mom is like well does she love you talking about Rachel and Luce is like yeah I think she does or I think that's what she says and I was like no she doesn't you don't love each other you just don't like you like each you other a lot <laughs> you're interested in getting to know each other you're attracted to each other but you don't love each other like that love shouldn't even like I think a better terminology would be like well do you feel like you want to be with her? Do you feel like she wants to be with you? And that's romantic terminology for the stage of the relationship that they're in. But to say like, do you love her? Like that's so flippant and so trivial and insulting to the fact that she is literally dropping her husband. Yeah. So I had an issue with him letting her go because I thought it was very like if First of all, this part reminded me a lot of Sleepless in yes. Seattle. Yes. He's like, you should go. You should, go. you should go be with her. And like, I was just like, I'd be like, what the fuck, Rachel? Like, this is our lives and you're just going to dump me for some girl that you just met. I'd be like, let's work it out. Let's talk about this. Let's communicate. Let's, you know, yeah. do something. Go to couples counseling. I love you. I want to be with you and I'm going to fight for this relationship. But instead he's just like, oh, well, boohoo, good luck. And I well, was like, they oh. all say like in these in movies like this, they all say stuff like, I want to make you happy. And if I can't, then somebody else should and i'd be like heck no i want to make you miserable right now you're a terrible person and yeah. what you're doing to me is so selfish and so narcissistic and i wanted him yeah. to say like have you known loose for a long time have you guys been going behind my back for years and i wanted her to say like 
no, we just met six days ago at our wedding. And then for him to just like, I don't know, throw her in a lake or something like what a a piece, like what a, it's no, she's, she's getting very emotional, but I agree. I agree with you that he should have like, they should get angry, but you can't call, you can't call the heroine names. Uh, They had no problem with Coop calling loose a slut. And I think I don't, I don't like the name calling in general. I think it's like, I think it's like, we're all adults here and you don't need to call me a slut. You know what I mean? Well, no, I'm just saying like, I think it would be well within his rights for Heck to call her names. Maybe not slut, but it would be well within his, to, for her to call her names. Not loose. I'm talking about Rachel. Like, no, I, I, if, I if my, mean, but if it, my like, partner does, did to me what Rachel did to him, I probably would, would. Yeah, I mean, I guess like calling her an asshole or something would be yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying they should call her being an asshole now. Like, yeah, I was actually Uh, being like derogatory, saying that they had no problem having Coop call Lucy slot. Like, I'm not condoning that. No, 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 no. I Um, yeah, but I do think that they did something. Actually, can I can we talk about that part really quick? Unless yeah, sure. Do you have something else to say? Well, I was gonna say like. I think they tried to make Luce seem like a more innocent character because early in the movie, she said to Coop, like, you should never mess with somebody else's relationship. But then mm-hmm. she did exactly that. Yeah. But I think that they were trying to like, that. <laughs> absolve her of sins, be like, see, this will get the audience on her side because she's cognizant of the fact that she shouldn't mess with other relationships. But that didn't, that line was like so pointless because the very next scene in the rest of the movie, that's what she did. That's that, like, you know, um, 365 days when he goes i'll never touch you without your consent and then he proceeds to grope and touch her a bunch of times so without her consent so fuck you person who wrote that also was written by a woman (laughs) that really upsets me so let's talk about that scene with coop that you okay wanted to talk about i don't just to clarify 100 i thought it was i didn't like that he called her a slut i'm just saying yeah Right. They had no problem having that name calling, but they made the breakup between the two actual lovers seem very benign is what I was, was trying no, to get. No, I, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, so he like actually kind of scared me in that scene. I thought he was maybe going to harm her. Yeah. Physically. He really like, I, like turned. Yeah. He was like, wow, you're a slut. And I was like, oh my God. And I got like, I got nervous during that scene. Like I legitimately thought, like I was surprised that she was kind of like as chill as she was because I was literally like if I had been in her shoes I would have been like Coop you need to step away from me because you're scaring me now and I'm I'm feeling physically threatened by you you know like I or I would have like locked myself in the in the shop and not let him in or anything you know like I would have been scared but she was just like okay just leave it alone but I was he just like it was like he had a like what you said a total 180 and it was all of a sudden like he went from being like oh i sleep with the tons of women to like being like is this guy gonna fucking murder me like oh my yeah. god yeah that scene was creepy it also was, i think ugh. he did it intentionally with like a pot calling the kettle black sort of thing you know where yeah. he's like the whole movie he's like yeah i sleep with married people yeah i do this but then he has the audacity to call her names for what happened with her and Rachel I know and then later with no like with no celebration whatsoever later we see him with a baby and we're supposed to suddenly be okay with him it's it's such a he could just be taken out of the movie I didn't yeah no and like he was so he was a narcissist like he you know like heck is getting married and heck is like where's my 
future wife like where is she where is he she and, and coop is like do you think that loose is into me i think loose is into me and it's like <laughs> and and heck even says like dude this is my wedding can we maybe focus on me right now and i was like heck has a point like he really does you know and mm-hmm. and it, it's yeah i i could have i could have whatever but i there is one thing that i want to say um that I thought was kind of funny was when when Rachel was in the movie store and there was like all that porn just, just like sitting out. out I was yeah. like I was like most places have like an extra little room that you can go into because I don't know kids might come into the video store yeah and seeing like a bunch of like penises and vaginas on display might be like a little like maybe not appropriate for children just saying you know but also that like that's to me like also like something just to be cognizant of the general population that people might be offended by pornography because it's you know it's you know it's porn so it's like you're not when you're walking into a store you're not necessarily asking to be confronted with nude pictures of people right yeah it should be it should be a decision that you should be able to make by going behind the curtain like right you know like yeah, I like seeing naked people, but when I go to Meyer, I don't like have this like I don't want to be confronted with big pictures of naked people. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you don't want to so, see a bunch of big pictures of dongs around. I you want it. to like <laughs> you want to have autonomy to decide to see them or not, not to exactly. be just like that's why people get offended when somebody is like flashing them. Like because yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not or choosing like get, to see this. You're like you're online dating, to. and someone goes, "Here's a picture of my penis," and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that they made mini Diet Coke cans." <laughs> oh, like the size comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I no, I saw that on something, and some guy like sent a picture of his dick with like a Febreze can next to it, and she goes, "Oh, cool! I didn't realize that they made mini Febreze cans." <laughs> So she grabs porn and it has really nothing to do with the rest of the story. Like as far as I'm concerned, but it's not even like, I thought she was grabbing gay porn and I don't think it was, I think it was straight porn. Like oh, cause I was like, confused. It sounded like straight porn to me. I was confused because when heck came home and saw that she had a porn that she'd rented porn and she like made up the excuse she's like oh no the video store must have gave me the wrong video and he was like well let's watch it and she said i no let's not it doesn't turn me on i thought that that meant that it was i don't i didn't understand that scene at all because i don't need to like i think like at her age she should know what sex looks like right. so i wasn't sure what kind of research she was doing or if she was just like trying to like su- cement the fact that she was now into women i don't i didn't understand right. the point of that scene except I, for it was just another either. vehicle for her to not want to have sex with her husband right like if it was if it was gay porn if it was two women i could be like okay i get why she rented this because she's like what does this look like am i into this you know blah 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 um but the fact that she like i was pretty positive it was it was straight porn okay um and i the fact that she like rented straight porn i was like i don't i don't get why they did that but i did like the part where her mom sees the cardboard cut out of you yeah. and the dragon <laughs> she goes i thought i wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers that's the part of the movie that i related to the most when her <laughs> yes. mom like 
I thought also like that scene fell flat because the scene was supposed to be embarrassing because her mom is catching her renting porn. But then her mom is so caught up in her own self that she doesn't even like it's not even an embarrassing scene because she's the cardboard cutout of Ewan McGregor (laughs) and says what you just said. And I thought that's probably the best part of the whole movie because, you know, it's Ewan McGregor. No, that that whole scene was like weird and not I didn't think it was necessary like at all. Like I thought Mm -hmm. it was just bizarre and especially that she rented straight porn like to me that didn't make any sense whenever um so i have i have something to say about ned unless you have something else that you want to talk about no go ahead okay so ned i wrote down that the dad always looks like he is on the verge of a mental maniacal breakdown (laughs) yeah because he does he like he always seems like he's consistently on the verge of it like when they're ordering hot dogs and he's just like crazed look in his eye almost like his eye like his brows all you know like tensed up and everything (laughs) um and i'm just like i bet he's on the verge of a fucking breakdown because his wife is such a terrible bitch like it's just like like she's like he's just like like I just I want to skip to the end part with them okay because that yeah. part really bothered me where he's like we talked well we talked a little bit about it but the part I want to talk about specifically was that he was like she's like well what can I do for you and he goes well you can be a little bit kinder and I was like first of all you have to ask your wife to be kind to you what that's so sad yeah she's like okay I can be kind and then literally within the next two seconds she's like my stupid husband or whatever she says but she's basically the like same idea she's like my stupid husband decided that you should turn left and now we're in a traffic jam it's like okay well your husband can't (laughs) predict the future as to where traffic jams are so maybe lay off him like it was just it's it's like it's like you told him you just told him that you were going to be kinder to him and he's like all he's asking for you to do is just to be nice to him and that's too hard for you i was like ned leave her because she's awful like you will literally be happier alone than you will be with her you know i honestly true story hand to god i thought there was going to be a b storyline where ned and luce's mother fell in love oh really because there was the scene where they were all at the fireworks and luce was like leading her mother around and i thought oh is is this gonna happen like are they gonna meet and fall in love because the mother rachel's mother was so awful yeah and luce like the, the theme through the movie for luce was like telling her mom to date you know so i I mean, not that I would condone another, like, oh, leave your spouse for this woman. But the way the movie went, I thought that that was going to happen because the mother was so unpleasant. Like, she I was mean, so nasty I think to if him. If your spouse is so unpleasant and so cruel and unkind to you that you leave them for another woman, I think it's probably your spouse's fault. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I, I, like I'm, not, I'm not condoning cheating, but I am saying, like, I, okay, I read this, I read this, like, um... It was like a, not an article, but it was this thing that this woman wrote about how she realized that she was abusing her husband, um, like verbally and emotionally abusing him because he came home one day with um, ground beef and it was like 70, 30% fat or whatever, you know, they like different kinds. Yeah. And she wanted 80, 20. And so she like flipped out at him and she's like, how could you be so stupid and not get the right one? And it's like, 
okay, well, first of all, you never specified that. So you're yelling at him about something when he did what he was supposed to do. You asked him to get ground beef and she was like flipping out of him. And then he like left the room all like defeated. And she's like, oh my God, I have been emotionally abusing my husband. Like this kind of like just clicked for her. She's like, I've been emotionally abusing my husband and like berating him and stuff like that. And, and I'm like, I, I just don't understand how, like if, if someone was treating me that way, I would get out of there because I would be like, and I have, you know, again, I have, that has happened to me where I have been like, oh my gosh, I'm really unhappy because you, you make me feel like shit all the time. So I'm going to leave this relationship. And, um, it, it's just like, it, it's, it's just like there's nothing redeemable in my mind about Tessa. That's her name about Tessa because the entire time she's just a fucking bitch to him the whole time. She's cruel. She's unkind. He literally asks her to do like the easiest thing and just be kind to him because that's her, like that's his wife and she wants to feel comfortable around his wife and she can't even do that. And I yeah. was just like, I mean, yeah. You know, it's, it happened to me in jobs too, where I had a very unkind and cruel manager and I had to leave because I was miserable, you know, and I think I'm, I do I think, think I, it's, it's a little bit weird also in that scene where, so they're having Rachel's birthday party and heck walks out of the birthday party because he's like, I can't do this anymore. I know you don't, you know, like she's not in love with him and he pretended to be drunk or he was drunk the night before, but he pretended to be asleep when she was coming clean to him and he wasn't actually asleep. So he knew that she was having some sort of feelings for somebody else. And so he leaves. And then in that same scene, she tells her parents that she is in love with somebody else and she's in love with Luce. And her parents are like, Luce is a woman, you're a woman, you know, and then they, and I thought, like, what kind of parent? I mean, I know that parents support their children, but I wouldn't want my parents to support me that strongly. I would want my parents to be like, you need to make it right with your husband. You need to talk to your husband. I'm not going to drive you to make some grand romantic gesture to somebody else when we've just, just minutes ago watched your husband heartbroken leave the house yeah you know what i mean like somebody people should love you enough to not let you to, people should love you enough to support you in the right direction and what i mean by that is i support you but i do not support you treating people like they are your peons and you can do whatever you want with them you know if what happens between you and your husband if what happens between rachel and heck is that they don't end up together that's one thing you have to discuss they you have they have to discuss that with each other you right, know right that decision can't just be made in in the span of three minutes where he leaves because he's upset and and i know that this is not it's not an isolated incident. This It's not just this movie. A lot of romantic movies have this problem. But I thought this movie, it was very apparent because I think they painted over his heartbreak by having her um, announce that the person she was in love with was a female. And so that took center stage. 
but what was happening was really awful. And in the wake of him leaving and being heartbroken, her parents are just like, yeah, we're going to drive you to, you know, and I'm like, no, that, that shouldn't work that way. And it shouldn't work that way in any romantic comedy, not just this one. This is just the one we're talking about. Right. But um, that decision is, if you're coming to the decision that you're no longer going to be in a relationship, like... I know a movie doesn't really have time to go through all those emotions, but they could have at least had a, a, scene, a better scene or something where her people, like her parents, aren't just like, okay, heck's gone. Let's go on to the new thing. Like, and that's something that impressed me about this movie that I've never seen before was that the little girl, H, actually like she stayed behind. She didn't go for the big romantic gesture. And then you saw that she went over to Heck's apartment or Heck's flat and like talked to him and said, are, are you still sad? And I thought that that was surprising. I I wouldn't have expected it in a movie that is this predictable. Right. And I've never seen it in a romantic comedy that I can think of where somebody actually went to the slighted, the jilted lover and said, you know, like what happened to you was pretty terrible. And and she's like a little girl too yeah she's um, like eight i don't know yeah i didn't i didn't like that he said like oh i should have married you or whatever and she's like and so that like, was weird that i was like oh, that reminded me of um of speed too when jason patrick said that to the little girl where he's like oh you know um traumatic relationships really whatever and i was just like ew she's 14 dude like yeah no i thought it was weird that he <laughs> let's said not that epstein it up here like <laughs> oh, calm down you know like all right <laughs> but i just i liked that they acknowledged his feelings yeah me too uh because earlier in the movie luce was having a conversation with her mother luce's mother luce and her mother were having a conversation and luce said like i love someone but she is is loves someone else and her mother said well hearts will mend and i was like that's not the right advice like that's so cruel the cruelty in that sentence is so deep that i don't even think like if you're just watching the movie and barely paying attention i don't know if you'd fully grasp it but that's a terrible thing to say to somebody yes it's well, true and i hearts mend none of that is false no. it's just that's not like if your friend or your daughter is saying, I am thinking about breaking up someone's relationship because I want to date this person instead of their spouse or their partner, and you're saying, well, their partner will deal, like, that's, you're, like, sociopath, I think. Do, does well, that make sense, what I'm saying? Well, like, I actually have something to add on to that, too, sure. because they talk earlier about the mom having been left yeah. by the dad for another woman so then she's like suddenly okay with her her daughter breaking up you know someone else's relationship i would think that after what she experienced and you know she says that she's depressed like she's like no i'm not whatever she say i'm not like antisocial. i'm just i can't remember what she says but she says i'm just depressed and it's like so her mom has been struggling with her own feelings of probably inadequacy or yeah. whatever you know like with you know her own relationship ending because her husband decided to leave her for someone else so then she's saying the very thing that hurt her to her daughter like to me that's like it, it's almost like why even mention that the that the husband had <laughs> left her for another woman right at that point because and then I don't really feel sorry for her anymore after she said that because I'm like, so it's not okay for your husband to do that to you, but it's okay for your daughter to do that to someone else. 
Right. Like, okay. and this is, this is a scenario where the person whose heart you say will mend is not somebody who's like a pig or a terrible, like he's living his life. He was excited about getting married. He loves his wife. He's, he loves his wife so much that he's trying to figure out what he is doing wrong to cause her to not be in love with him anymore. And that's, and you're saying hearts mend, like you're just like, we're not put on earth to treat people like people aren't like the Red Sea and they're just parting as we walk through that. Right. Like well, they're not pawns in your chess game. Right. Like yeah. I heard a quote once, I heard a quote once and I can't remember it exactly, but it's like, except for you, the world is made up of other people or something like that. And it, uh -huh. it, it was much more deep when I heard it, but I, like you're one person and your life is important, but so is everybody else's life. And you're right. just they're like, they're like ants on a sidewalk to this woman, I guess, into this movie, yeah. you know, apparently. And I think a lot of people feel that way, you know, like Rachel's mom, Tessa, she obviously yeah. feels like she's the only one and maybe loose a little bit. And yeah, I, I felt like the message that they were sending in this movie was very skewed and very weird. And like, just not like it made me uncomfortable. The message made me uncomfortable. And it's like, it's like you have a bunch of people here who like resent each other, Yeah. but then you're trying to create a love story out of it. But Resentment, a love story of resentment like, yeah like resentment does not equal love resentment is a, a a death sentence for a relationship you know like if you're with someone that you're starting to resent well you're not going to want to be around them you're not going to want to have sex with them you're not going to want to spend time with them you're you know you might not even want to be nice to them but at that point if you're feeling resentment toward your partner either you need to say something or you need to leave you know like you need to do something but to jerk around people and to you know get married to someone and then fall in love with someone else within a week is fucking stupid and also like it, it's like it's almost like they're saying like whatever love that you have built up over time doesn't matter as much as like love at first sight does but that you know i mean it it's like it well, it plays on, like I said earlier, it <laughs> I plays, I'm just like, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And it plays on the, uh, the theory in a lot of these movies where they get off of the exit of like comfortable equals boring and that yeah. like nothing could be further from the truth. That's what I was saying about, um, Alfred in, uh, Legends of the Fall was everyone was like, Alfred was so boring. And I'm like, no. Alfred was good. Alfred was stable. Like you knew what you were going to get when you were with Alfred. And that's why I liked him because I'm not going to be put on this wild emotional adventure of like, is the person that I love even going to come home? You know? And, and yeah, like it, it's, I agree that there is like an ongoing thing with comfortable being boring. And I don't agree with that at all. I, I would love to be comfortable with someone. I miss that. You know, I, I, miss just spending time with someone and being like, oh, I just like you. I just like being around you. You know, I just yeah. want to spend time with you. I don't care what we do. I just want to be here with you. You know, like, exactly. Like I yeah. just want to do life with you. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that, um, 
this movie is suggesting that there's something wrong with that, but eventually her and Luce are going to get comfortable. So what, what happens then? You know, like the movie sets this weird precedent and it, and it just, it's, I, I think, like I said, with a couple tweaks, it could be a very romantic and very beautiful story. And I think you made a point earlier in saying it should have taken place over the course of like a year or two. And I agree yeah. with you there. Like, if nothing else, if the movie stayed, if the plot stayed the same, I probably still wouldn't love that. But if it took place over a long period of time, it would be slightly more believable. And if there yeah. was more dialogue with Rachel, like Rachel has to come to terms with some pretty pretty earth shattering realizations about herself that she never comes to terms with without to the audience at least right no and it would have been so easy to just throw in a couple conversations simple conversations you know and like i said all the dialogue is super pandering like there was a scene oh, where yeah. Yeah. where um the little girl h and loose are talking and H is like, we need to find you a boyfriend. And Luce is like, well, I'll probably settle down with somebody, but it won't be with a man. Do you know what I mean? And H is like, I guess I know what you mean, because I'd rather be with my best friend than any boy also. And in my head, in that scene, I was like, that's really sweet. They got this like point across to a child. And that's kind of a nice way of putting it. Like there's some subtext and the little girl understands enough, but not the, like the little girl doesn't fully understand, but she does understand. Well, and she doesn't need to fully understand either because she's only eight. Right. But then she walks away from Luce and turns around and says, it's not like you're a lesbian. And I, and I like punch the air. Like you guys had it. You had it. Like the ball was in the net, but then some weird gravitational anomaly happened and it went out of the net (laughs) from the top and fell on the floor. Like, I know. No, I actually, it's, I felt the same way about that, that whole thing. Cause I was like, I was like, that is so cute that she's like, she's like, I'd rather spend time with my best friend than any boy. And I was like, adorable. That's so cute. But then she's like, yeah. And the lesbian thing. But then I was like, never mind. That's not cute anymore. Well, and then I thought, is this movie what you would call a wolf in sheep's clothing? Because is that line suggesting, like, remember, audience, it's still unfavorable to be a lesbian. Like, why is that line even in the movie? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't get that either. Like, at least you're not a lesbian. And I'm kind of like, but she is Yeah, this, <laughs> so this movie is like, like, what is the, like, yeah, I was I like, I felt like that, you know, that meme that's going around with, like, all these equations that, like, fly around people. <laughs> yeah, I felt yeah, like that when I was like... watching it, and I was like, what is the actual message of this movie? Right. If they have the little girl saying that. And the little girl is, like, whether you like it or not, and I don't like it, she's preco- she's precocious, and she's, like, the voice of reason in a land full of adults that could very easily be the voice of reason, but for some yeah. reason it's, like, from the mouth of babes, which is something I really don't like, but... I know. In this movie, the daughter is supposed to be this, like, voice of reason, and even she can't get away from lines about, like, don't become a lesbian. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't either. I... I, I didn't like that. I thought there was there was one other line, and of course I cannot remember it now. You know, I'm gonna see if it's on my notes. Hold on. I don't I don't think it is. I I didn't write it down, but there 
there was another line and of course, I wish I could remember it, but it was just like, it was so just like cheesy and tropey that I was like, Oh brother, here we go. You know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah. Oh boy. Um, Everything is on the nose in this movie. Like yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah. It's, no, I, Oh, the grocery store scene really bugged me. Did it bug you? Like the grocery um, store interplay with like, Hello, yeah, you. Actually, oh, hi. Here we are. Oh, yeah. here we are. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was kind of cute, but it was a little annoying too. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, what that's I really when I said it was. was it was like, actually I, that what? scene in the grocery yeah. store was when I sent that meme that said I just want it to stop. Was <laughs> after that grocery store scene. I sent Lauren a meme of Jim Halpert from The Office, and it just said. I just want it to stop. And I said, this is me watching Imagine Me and You. And it was after that grocery store scene. Keep going. Oh I talked God. over you. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the, I'm, I'm scrolling back to when you sent that. Man, we talk a lot. <laughs> like, I have to really scroll back. We have I'm a constant on, dialogue. <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot. Um, I, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, I didn't like that heck saw um Luce's friend and was like are you gay and I was like wow such a weird why would anyone ever say that like what like, well <laughs> and he would never go up to, it's not like he's going hey are you straight yeah like, what? you know it's like the road goes both ways buddy exactly it's not appropriate to ask someone their sexuality like it's not well like, and why would you like why yeah. would that ever be like if I saw somebody in a grocery store and they were with somebody else I could make any assumption I want about them in my head, but why would I ever say it out loud? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And like, it was just a stupid way for us to the audience to know that, oh, this is just her friend who's also gay, but she won't be in a relationship with, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, and I didn't even think that her friend was gay. I thought she was maybe straight and she was just kidding, you know? But it didn't. Oh. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't even know the friend's name and I don't care about the friend because she's only in the movie for like all of 10 seconds. <laughs> she might not even have a name, honestly, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and it's just like, uh, like the only reason that she's there is to be like comical relief. And there was like, they could have just cut her out and it wouldn't have made a difference. You they should have, if they could have put yakety sacks to that scene in the grocery store and it would have been a more, uh, somber scene and believable scene than if than what they actually did yeah, like it would have actually added gravitas to the scene you know that oh benny hill yeah they could have put that yeah as a music bed to that scene and the scene could have won an oscar that's how much it would have improved the stupidness of that i hate it was it was very it was very stupid it was yeah I'm looking at my notes. I have written here, where did Coop get a baby? So I couldn't wait. I had to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, my last line was like, my last note was like, oh, oh, actually, I did have one more thing. Oh, sure. It's like, there's like a, at the very, very end, and I can't even remember what happened, but someone, I think it was H said something to Heck. And then he looks at the camera. Oh, yes. I no, it's on the plane. So here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he breaks the fourth wall. To, um, what's that actress's name? I think it's like Angel, Angel Colby. He's sitting next to Angel Colby. And like they keep like kind of looking over at each other. But like it didn't really strike me as 
her necessarily being like super interested in him. It was more like, oh, he's cute. But then he like looked into the the camera like some cheeky fucking little bastard shit like bullshit like breaking the fourth wall like oh we're so clever because he's looking in the fuck like that obviously really got on my nerves no i super annoying lauren i totally agree because him looking into the camera has multiple meanings number one the implication is that oh the movie was about him the whole time this is new revelation number two is like see you can treat people like shit and they'll just bounce back you know what i mean like yeah like it was stupid it was like Like, they're like oh we have 24 hours to get to know each other that's plenty of time i'm like i'll be sleeping during i don't want to talk to you i like you know what i mean yeah I've got three books here and I'm planning on reading all of them. So also there's nothing <laughs> like the plane is not in the air yet. Someone could very well sit in between them. Yes. So yes. What, yeah. I, I was, I, know. I, I don't get it. It's like, I know he's like looking at like, he's all like, Oh, I'm, we're going to get married. And then she's going to leave me in seven years for another woman. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't think that was cute. I didn't think it was funny. I was just irritated by it. It like yep. I, I didn't like I it wish, either. I didn't. I wish I didn't include that scene. And it's like, it's like, unless you're having people continuously break the fourth wall throughout the entire movie, sure, because that can be funny. It can be done, you know, satirically. Um, it can be done in really clever ways. You know, like Mel uh, Brooks does it a lot in his films. You know, um, I wish this was a Mel Brooks style movie. Oh my god, it would have been so funny. <laughs> Yes, that would be great. I yes. would totally watch that over and over again. Yeah. Um, the night is young and you're so beautiful. <laughs> if Luce would have sang that to Rachel, I would have I would have been on board with her love story. <laughs> What's the end? And then he's like holding up the sword like he's <laughs> I just fucking love that movie. You know what? Uh, this is what I say. So <laughs> Don't watch this movie and just go watch Robin Hood and Tights. <laughs> there you go. go. Yeah. 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 So uh, would you recommend this movie? I don't think I would. I think it's, um, I think it's a lot of, there's a lot of issues in it. I really liked the chemistry between uh, Rachel and Lewis. I thought they had great chemistry, but that doesn't make up for the rest of the movie being an utter piece of crap. Like it was just weird and it wasn't funny and they did all these things that I was just like what is this even what are we doing here you know like I'm sitting down and I'm preparing to watch a cute little romantic film and instead I just leave feeling irritated and annoyed and not at all like oh that was so cute like I'm just like whatever fuck all these people I don't even care what happens to them go jump into that active volcano over there Coop and see how many girls like you after that (laughs) Also, it seriously scares me that he is a baby because, no, <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Where did the baby come from? Where'd the baby come from? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, so man. So would you recommend this movie? No, I would, I would not. I, and I, I stand by what I said earlier. I, I actually wish I had never watched it. I dislike it so much. Um, I, I know was actually I, dreading watching this movie this whole week. It's like really, yeah. <laughs> I thought you liked it. I like the first time I you did saw it. like it when I saw it, but then 
then you pointed out a couple things about it because like you you had pointed out like what you thought it was going to be about and I was like I'm not saying anything oh yeah you know and then I started thinking about it and I was like oh that is what it's about and I started getting like just bummed out and I was like maybe and then you sent me the like make it stop thing and I was like no I'm not really even really want to watch this movie and so I I I was going to watch it on Thursday. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But then all Thursday, I kept putting it off. And I was like, instead, I'll watch Futurama for the hundredth time. Um, and <laughs> so I put that on. And then I was just like, I'll just watch it tomorrow. And so I, I made myself watch it yesterday. And while I was sitting through the movie, I was just like, I just don't really care about this film. And and I, you know, I and that feeling just kept growing. And I think the the biggest reason that I was looking forward to was because Elena Hetty because I really liked her in this, but that was pretty much it, you know. Yeah, so. and I it's unfortunate because I think she's she's a good like she does a good job in the movie, and I think with just some easy tweaks they could have had a really like beautiful and and cute romantic comedy, uh, but instead they did not go in that direction. Um, no. But yes, I did. I was gonna say this prior to us starting. I had preconceived notions about the idea about the movie and they were like mostly correct. And that really like saddened me because I was ready to be surprised when I turned it on and it was like, like two minutes into the movie when I saw how excited she was to get married and I saw that they actually were getting married. My heart was like dropping in my chest because I'm like, Oh, this is, this is happening. She's getting married oh i know when you you told me what you thought it was about i was like i don't know (laughs) i didn't want to tell you because you were so spot on (laughs) you know yeah so i was like i'm not breathing a word you're gonna have to find out so yeah yeah so it's i wouldn't i wouldn't not recommend i would not recommend this movie not at all (laughs) i i think it's it's very problematic and it's like it's just weird it's just not that good of a film you know yeah it's you're gonna waste your time if you're gonna watch a beautiful film about an lgbtq couple a lesbian film watch portrait of a lady on fire yes that's a fantastic mm-hmm. film yeah you know um there's not a lot of lgbtq movies out there that i'm trying to think of but you know it, it's like just look for something else because this is not it like you're not you're not going to find what you want here and it's borderline insulting towards yeah and i think not just just like just just everyone like anyone who's ever had like any sort of sexuality is like gonna be kind of insulted by this film because it is like you know so yeah it's i mean it come you get to a certain point where treating people the way they treat people in this movie is not cool no matter what it's not romantic it's and yes i am like i've said in the like i said in the sleepless in seattle episode i understand that in real life the complexity of human emotions and the complexity of human interpersonal relationships is so deep and so vast and it's really hard like you can't just like like emotions and everything are very complicated and it's it's not something that you can easily muddle through when you're having issues in real life but in a movie it's very simple because everything is written and everything can be done in a way that is just better than what happened in this movie because yeah there's no real there's no real life to contend with there's just 
what you're creating and to create something where people treat other people so badly and to call it a comedy and to call a romantic, it romantic comedy is 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 an egregious uh misuse of talent and materials and time and well, it also I mean, makes me wonder like so how do you define comedy people who know <laughs> this because yeah I think you have the wrong dictionary, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so that's, that's, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I think that becomes an issue with a movie like this and for any story. And in this movie, unfortunately is not, it's not alone. It's not floating on some iceberg by itself. A lot of romantic comedies do this and they do it to the detriment of, just thinking that the characters are worthwhile because I'm like, why do I want to support a story and why do we want to be influenced by stories where people are like this, you know? Right. Right. So, but it also, it also is, it's problematic in that they are showing this as something that is to be desired. And it's like, so if you're influencing an entire demographic of young adults that think that this is what love is like, what are you doing? Like you want, you want people to think that way. And it's like learning about sex from porn. You're not, you know, like porn is, is an act between two people that is purposefully done in a way that is meant to be entertaining and is meant to be like, like specifically done in a certain way. It is not. And like, it's not like sexes, you know? And, and so if you're, it's like, if you're equating like romance to imagine me and you then it's the same thing as equating sex to porn like you're not it's not gonna be it's not that that's not it that's not yeah. what you're looking at yeah and and it, it and it's it's the same idea with and I know this is a little bit off but it, it's the same idea with the Edward Collins and the Christian Grays of the world where they're saying hey this is a romantic lead this is what you should want and I'm going what that's what you're saying that young girls should be looking for is someone who abuses them no no that's not okay and it's and and it, this isn't again like what you said this isn't just this movie it's many many romantic comedies like sleepless in seattle yeah <laughs> you know yep. like it's mm -hmm. that's another perfect example of a movie where you're telling me this is romantic but it's not it's it's weird it's creepy it's gross stop like just let it go you know so no i i think that this movie is um it's very problematic and it's it's just done poorly it's not a very yeah. good film yeah, there's just not much character development either. No. Not, I don't think the acting is that great. Mm -mm. Um, dialogue's not good. Story, flawed. So yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I can't think of a single thing about Rachel that like a a single hobby she was into or anything right. like that. Yeah, you know, like I don't, was... like is there a, yeah is there a Bechdel test for women talking about other women that they are attracted to? Because this movie would yeah, not pass. Good, that's a good question. Because all of her conversations or most of them revolved around loose, like in some capacity, you know. Right. Or that's unfair. Not all of them, but most of the, you know, like I don't right. think it would pass whatever yeah. test no, is I out don't... there. And and you know, to me to me, the sign of a great movie is one that can make me feel something, you know, can make me feel some sort of way, whether it's like, you know, good night, mommy, where I just feel 
Well, okay. That's not totally true because 365 DNA felt, I kept saying I was traumatized because it's not real trauma, but it's trauma. Um, so that is, a, that's a different <laughs> level of that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like good night. Mommy made me feel very like, like it made me feel icky and like nervous and anxious, but it's because it was well done. This movie, I really didn't care what happened. I, and if I don't have some sort of like emotional response to the ending where I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. I'm so happy they ended up together. You know, like we watched these two like, you know, struggle to be together, but there isn't that in that. There's no yeah. struggle in this. It's just this girl who's a shitty person who leaves her amazing husband because she spotted some woman at her wedding. Like what? What? That's the whole movie. That's the whole movie. Oh my yeah. God. That should be, that should be the Netflix description of it. Yeah. <laughs> like and that's literally it goodbye um yeah um and there's there's no emotional component to that film in any really sort of way there's no like you don't you don't really feel for heck because he just gives it up so easily so you're kind of like okay well fine just don't fight for it and you don't care about the parents because the mom is a fucking bitch yeah and the dad is like I mean, he's kind of tolerable, but not really, you know? It's so, yeah, no, I, I, this overall, this is just like thumb, two thumbs down. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not, it's not a great movie. No. <laughs> so are you relieved that I, I didn't like it? I am a little bit. Well, I was just, I was very concerned that it was going to be a balancing act because I, I took a walk today and I took a walk after I watched the movie and I pretty much had my own podcast both times walking because <laughs> that's all I could talk about. And like, and I was walking alone, you know, like, so. No, I do that shit too. I'm in my apartment. I'm like, yeah, oh, this could happen then. This one went on. And <laughs> I was, I was prepared for you to be like, I thought it was really cute. And then I would have to be like, oh my gosh, how do I navigate these waters? You know? And you should have been like, these are all the reasons why you're wrong. <laughs> and twice, twice I have bombarded Mike. So like on Thursday evening, I was getting ready to leave. I was getting ready to go home. And he brought something, he brought up the movie in some, I don't even remember what he said. He said something very like lightly about the movie. And I made him endure like minutes of me just spouting off about the movie. <laughs> like standing there with my shoes on ready to go and he's ready to like go to bed because he has to work the next day and I'm like and then this happened and then this happened and it was ridiculous and then this morning I was texting him and I texted him like 15 bubbles of text about like what, what I wanted to say in the movie and I'm like this poor man he, poor, he's very he endures it but <laughs> he's a good one yeah I do the tape but I do like I have like a group text and I like just send like 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 five voice messages because they're all like only a minute long because it's on Facebook messenger and I'm just like and then I watched this movie and it was terrible let me tell you all the reasons why it was terrible and this and this and that and they're like yeah that sounds awful and I was like you have no idea okay oh my god Yeah. I can't believe how much we had to suffer. <laughs> no. That being said, thank you, Amber, for yes, thank you, Amber. reminding us to do things for Pride Month and for suggesting this movie. It was a great conversation, and I really appreciate 
your contributions. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. We are very grateful. Thank you very much. Uh, so if you feel so inclined, you can follow us on Instagram at Watchers of Movies and on Facebook at Watchers of Movies. And if you like to just follow stuff where I post memes about movies, you can follow us at the Watchers Who Find Things <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, we also have an email address that's watchersandmovies at gmail.com and we have a website that's watchersandmovies.weebly.com so if you want to check us out I upload new episodes there um, every time we have a new one um, so you know I, I for the most part keep up with it except for I'm realizing that I did not do the re-release of, uh, of <laughs> I know of uh, what was it Lady on Fire portrait of Lady on Fire but anyway um, and if you are interested in us reviewing one of your movies or a movie that you like or whatever, and you want it to be put to the top, you send us, you, you know, you don't, well, you could send us an email, but we can't <laughs> promise you it's going to be right to the top. Okay. I'm getting a little like, woo. Okay. It's the end of the day. <laughs> well, it's not the other day. It's like three 30, but whatever. Um, and Sam's laughing at me. <laughs> so, okay. So you can go to iTunes, you can give us five stars, and you can just write the name of the movie on the title, on the, you know, the thing, whatever. Um, In the review. And, yeah, the review. Yeah, for us to review it, and we'll put it right to the top, and yeah, it'll be great. And we are on SoundCloud, Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, obviously. And, you know, again, five stars. Even if you're not feeling like you want us to review anything, just send us five stars anyway because it gets us out there, gets us noticed, and the more we get noticed, you know, the more great it is. <laughs> I don't know. The more better. The more better. <laughs> that now makes sense. That sounds grammatically correct. Um, and thanks so much to Mike for our theme music. Thank you, Mike. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 and he also did the SmackDown post show on the PW Torch website last Friday. So not this recent Friday, but the Friday before with the host Wade Keller. Mike was the co-host. So if you are interested in wrestling and movies and you want another podcast to listen to, check out the SmackDown post show from last week and listen to Mike give his take on what happened. He always does a good job. He's always funny. They have a really good rapport together and um, it's just always fun to listen to. So I recommend that. And as I said, his name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think we're done, right? I think so. I can finally we are relax. done <laughs> ranting about this movie. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> we so watch, Guys, we watch these movies. We suffer these movies for you so you yes know? yes we love Never our a dull moment <laughs> so anyway bye-bye bye-bye <laughs>